What's your full name? Joseph French. And what brings you to the Hyde Park Jazz Festival today? The love of jazz. Well, I'm 76 years old. In the day, uh, back in the day, as they usually say, in grammar school and high school, that's all my parents listened to was blues and jazz. And so I came along listening to the greats, Diana Washington, uh, Erskine Hawkins, especially um, the horn blowers, uh, Thelonious Monk and Miles Davis, Lee Morgan. Uh, in high school, uh, I was also an Ivy Leaguer. That was a period when all of Chicago, there was hip, were Ivy Leaguers, three-piece wearing suits and that kind of stuff. And the sets here in Chicago were generally what we did on the weekends and sometimes during the week. The music we were listening to was great. Sometimes Lee Morgan and Miles Davis would be down the street from each other. And then they would visit each other's sets and then do a few numbers. So it was great. I got to meet them personally. And when you didn't see them, you heard their music. What I'm fascinated with today, all the great music in jazz and blues that came from black America is still being used commercially in almost every commercial that comes along, which I think is a wonderful thing. So where Elvis come in and he could gyrate his hips, but the blacks weren't allowed to do that, but the whites did it. I'm not uh, complaining about that because they still had to use our music to do it. When the Beatles came to Chicago or to America, that's the first thing they gravitated to was the black music. So it has grown tremendously. Uh, I'm also an ex-Marine, and during my travels when I was overseas, I was fascinated with the fact that all of the activities socially were around the African-American music, or the Negro music is what they called it back in. It was almost like being home right in the backyard because they listened to our music and they were duplicating it. But what was really important is that if I wanted to listen to Aretha Franklin or Diana Washington or whoever, they could sing it, but it was great because it brought home to the soldiers. It's followed throughout the world? It has, and it still does. I think, as you were mentioning before, it is coming back. The young people are starting to get into it, and they're starting to realize the values of it. An experience I had when I was dating back in the 60s, we were socializing. There were several of us sitting around someone's living room and we were playing jazz music. And some of my friends says, go change the music or put another record on, so to speak. So we weren't changing the music, but we were changing whoever was playing. So we were changing an album, a vinyl, whatever. And when they told me to do it, I started shifting through that. And I came up with something that was really fascinating for me at the time, and it blew my mind. When I say that, I've listened to music for years of all the genres, whether it was blues, jazz, rock and roll, Congos, Cuban mix. And when I heard this, 
it was fascinating because it was done by, I guess at the time, let me see, the album itself, it wasn't jazz, it was blues. And it was W.C. Handy's Yellow Dog Blues. And it was fascinating because I hadn't heard that before. At that particular moment in time, I must have played it about 10 times before they decided to throw me out <laughs> and say, don't put that on again, because they weren't into blues, they were into jazz. But that changed my life a little bit in terms of what I was listening to, because as much as I love jazz, I love the blues just as much. And the young lady that owned that album asked me, did I like that? She says, but don't play it no more. Here, take it home with you. So I was given a gift. And every time I run across that out in the field, when I was looking at music, whether it would be at the flea market or in a music shop or garage sale, and I would come across that, I would buy it. And I recommend it to anyone who loves blues because W.C. Handy, and I think it was done by Louis Armstrong. Back in the day, he was great. Louis Armstrong from New Orleans played some of the most beautiful music that was ever produced. Now, we're getting back to the modern era, I fell in love with the guitar. I have several guitars in my collection, and I can barely play a note. But what I have done was give these instruments to my grandsons and daughters. And they are starting to take lessons and learning how to use them and play the music. So I run across uh, a lot of young people at the Jazz Fest downtown. They are playing the music that we come up with, and they love it. It gets in your soul and you can't get it out. And they really do duplicate what they hear. Even the little kids coming along, they pop their fingers and do their little dances and feel that spirit. There's a history of it that is not going to die and will live forever and it is truly coming back. Well, I would like to say that in America, in Europe, in the Caribbean, in Australia, anywhere you travel in the world, they love jazz also. They love the jazz musicians. And there was a time when the jazz musicians couldn't get a job here in America, and they weren't appreciated, but they went to Europe. Europe opened their arms for them, and they ended up staying over there. So every now and then they would come to town, do a jazz fest from New York to St. Louis, California, Los Angeles, New Jersey. And when they came to town, I had an opportunity to meet with some of them and ask where they'd been. So I got to know a lot of them but at that time, it was something I should have started earlier in meeting these people who play this music. So I ran across Cap Calloway at the Jazz Fest, and he was telling me that he should have been retired. But because of the way America treated its musicians, he wasn't able to. He himself could, 
But what he couldn't do was retire because his musicians in his band had financial problems. They never learned to save their money or invest their money. In order for them to stay alive, he actually had to keep on working until they were old enough and couldn't play anymore. That was a new experience for me. But he said that was the way a lot of the old musicians were. You take B.B. King, he's not able to retire. Not because he can't, can't afford not to, because he's a, probably a billionaire by now, but he's got a contract with the Mafia, and they won't allow him to retire. They say he don't have to play every day or every month. Or he can play anything he wants, but he can never retire because of them. They hold a contract on him. Now, this isn't well known, but when you're in the right circus, you hear this stuff and you get to talk to him. So I was able to talk to him and a few other people to come along with him. I thought it was terrible. So when you see him, he wants to be retired, but the mafia won't let him retire. And don't send the mafia after me, because I may, I may deny this. <laughs>